My thoughts for message for the morning kind of took a different turn somewhere during the week. Uh, it's a message I preached some time back, not here, but uh, came to my mind. Felt like that's what the Lord was leading me to. And then as I studied, it felt like it was a little different message. We're not going to be looking a whole lot of Scripture. But I'd like to start out by reading verses 13 and 14 of Matthew 7. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. So here at the end of uh, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives a couple of teachings that are more of a warning for us. And this is one of them. A warning that uh, there's two different ways in life and two different outcomes. And this, this is only two verses here, but it is, it, these two little short verses have a very sobering message. So he lays out two ways, the straight way, or the narrow way, and uh, I don't know, I guess I'm simple-minded and a slow learner, but this thing of the straight gate has always caused some confusion to me, but you need to pay attention to the way it's spelled. It's not spelled straight as in a straight line, but straight is in a narrow place. Uh, if you're navigating in the ocean and you go through a strait, it is a narrow place. And so keep that in mind as we, as we talk about the straight gate. We're talking about something that is narrow. I just want to want us to take a little bit of a imaginary picture journey in our minds as we think about what Jesus was laying out for us this morning. I don't know what mental image you conjure up as you think of of what Jesus shared here, but I think of this maybe a stone wall with these two entryways. The gates signify an entrance. It's the beginning of something. Now I see these gates as a beginning. We're looking at them. We, we see a path leading away, but you don't see much. And I believe that the number two, that there's, that there's not just one gate, but there's two, shows us that, there, that we have a choice. We have a choice in the matter of which way we take. We're not just dust, destined that I'm on this path and you're on that path and I can't do anything about it. It's a choice we all face. Jesus also tells us that 
a number of other things about these gates. They lead to different paths. They lead to different destinies. So I want to think about those two gates and some contrasts because those two gates are very, while they're both gates, while they're both entrances to a path, they're very dissimilar. So as we look at the wide gate, it's easy to enter. In fact, we all find ourselves entering that gate unless we make a purposeful choice to enter by the narrow gate. Because see, all of humanity is destined without making a choice to flow through that wide, broad gate. It's easy to enter. It's We're swept along through that gate. But the, but the straight gate, on the, on, on the contrary, is entered only by choice. See, just the fact that I'm a human, that I'm part of humanity, sweeps me through that gate, that broad gate, unless I make a decision. I don't enter that narrow gate without making a choice. No one enters the straight gate by accident or, by, or because they're careless and they go, oh, well, here I am on the narrow path. How did I get here? No, it's a purposeful decision. Also, along with the ease of entering, the broad gate is not restrictive. There's, there's, we can take all of our baggage along with us. But the narrow gate is so narrow that it restricts what will come through. It made me think of Hebrews 12 verse 1 where the writer of Hebrews admonishes us to lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. So there's things that hinder us from entering that narrow gate. we have to shed some things to make it through. So I had to ponder then, what would hinder me from entering at that narrow gate? What would keep me from, from making that choice? You can turn to 1 John. I believe the Apostle John gives us... Uh, some insight into what hinders us, what keeps us from entering at that gate. First John chapter 2, I'd like to read verses 15 and 16. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. I believe that John's telling us that there's some things that we need to be shedding to get through that gate. And it's the things that 
the world says are important. And he says they're the lust of the flesh, the things that appeal to my fleshly nature, the lust of the eyes, the things that would uh, hold a lure for us as far as uh, looking good and, and uh, presenting ourselves to be something. And the pride of life would go hand in hand with that, with wanting, wanting to be someone, wanting to have position or power. These are the types of things that are going to hinder us from entering that gate and from walking the path that it leads to. So as we enter those gates, a gate leads to something. And so there's a path that follows the entry of those gates. Jesus speaks after, about the gates and then He says, wide is the gate and broad is the way. He's, there is a way after the entry of the gate. So as I imagine these two gates, and we can look through and we can see a path leading away. And the paths are very different. The wide gate opens to a very broad path. It's easy traveling. There's a lot of travelers on it. It's well-worn. It's, it's easy to go with the flow. The narrow gate appears to us to open to a very narrow, maybe rugged path, maybe twisting and turning. And we don't see many people entering and traveling that way. And in my mind, I compare it to the difference of taking a little country pig path versus the inter a, a three or four lane interstate where you just flow. And as you stand there and look, you might go, that just doesn't look like a very good route. And you know, there's hardly anybody walking that route. I think I'll go the easy way. Why would we choose to give up the baggage we want to carry along and travel a path that doesn't look like it's the easy path, the easy choice. And that brings me to my next observation, and that is the destiny of the two paths that lead from those gates. Jesus said that that broad and easy path leading from the wide gate leads to destruction. But the narrow and difficult road leads to life. That term destruction, I found interesting. You look that up, look up the Greek meaning. It has the idea of physical, spiritual, and eternal destruction. Total, total destruction, total ruin. But the narrow way leads to life. And I believe that we could say instead of just life, we could say it leads to abundant life. Life that never ends. Life as God intended it to be. 
And I think Jesus was speaking of the life that it leads to in eternity, but I think we could as well say that it leads us to, to life, to a God-blessed life in this life. I've already mentioned this, but my last observation is in the difference of the paths is the amount of travelers on each. And why the difference? The difference is because of our human nature. We shun difficult things. We want the easy life. We want to do it. We, we don't want to put in the hard work. That's our human nature. Especially if the hard work means giving up things that might be near and dear to me personally. And another reason that there's few travelers on the narrow path is because the end is not easily visible from the beginning. You can't stand in, at that wide gate and see the destruction that waits at the end. And just the same, it's hard to look at the narrow gate and the narrow path and the difficulties that may lie ahead and really grasp the truth of the life that it offers at the end. And how unfortunate for so many people that make that choice of the wide gate that they get to a point in their life where it seems like their course is set and they struggle to make a change because of a decision they made maybe early in life that set them on a course to the point that they eventually get to that their eternal destiny becomes fixed. I believe that we all understand it's obvious that these gates and these paths are illustrations of life. Of life lived for self. Of life lived for pleasure. Life lived for ease versus the life of surrender to the Lord and openness to whatever that brings. So Christ Himself is portraying the Christian life as restrictive and difficult. Do you ever think about that? I think that's why so many people have little interest in the Christian life. Or maybe I should say it differently. They have little interest in a true, sold-out life for Christ. They might like Christian principles. They might be willing to live by some of what Christ says. But to totally surrender and to sell out to the Lord, they don't want the restriction that it brings. In conversation one time, I had a person ask me if our church allows a certain activity. And when I replied no, his answer was this. You all don't want people to have any fun. Think about that. His, his definition 
of what we should be experiencing in life was fun. Is that the narrow path that Jesus called us to walk or is that the broad way? See, our church had something that we had put in place as a safeguard to help us to not get drawn over onto that broad path. And this man, because his focus was on having fun, didn't understand the blessing of that restriction. So many people have the idea that life is about fun. It's about me. It's about pleasure. That's what the Apostle John was saying there in, in 1 John 2 that we need, to, we need to get rid of. It doesn't have a place. That, that self-serving attitude doesn't have a place in God's kingdom. And because that's our human nature and we, we rebel against giving those things up, we have many churches that practice and promote a, a form of Christianity without the restriction that Jesus said we must have to go through that narrow gate and to walk on that narrow way. Another thing I want us to understand is that these two ways, we have the two gates, and I envision these two different ways. You have the high, broad highway that leads to destruction and you have the narrow way that leads to life. But yet they travel right next to each other. And often it only requires us to take a few very small steps to change our path from the narrow path to the broad way leading to destruction. And in the same way, if we're on the broad way leading to destruction, it only takes a few small steps of getting rid of some things that we're hanging on to, giving up of some of our selfish desires, and we can step over onto that narrow, restrictive way. Now as we think about the Christian life and it being a restrictive way, a disciplined life. I want us to consider that concept a little bit of restriction and discipline leading to life, to leading to blessing. And I want to share some, some thoughts, and not all of these are original with me, but a uh, some 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 examples from life. Where, where this this truth is very evident. If you want to learn another language, I thought about Kevin and Rachel as they went to and served in Puerto Rico years ago. They needed to learn another language. Do you think that they just went to the bookstore and got a English Spanish dictionary? glanced through it a little bit, started experimenting with a few words and said, yep, we're, we're getting it now. No, it took time and it took discipline. They had to restrict themselves to putting in the time and the effort that was needed to, to become fluent 
in Spanish. See, it was the restrictive route that brought results. The same if you want to learn to play a musical instrument. What do you do? You restrict yourself to you re, to you you get rid of th- other things that would take your attention and you focus on on learning that thing and you practice and you practice and you practice and even though you maybe aren't very good you keep practicing because you have an end goal in mind and it's the it's the restriction of placing yourself under that discipline that leads you to success. I've had, I've experienced this type of thing in in my own life where the initial effort to do something, the results may be somewhat disastrous. But when we apply ourselves to the disciplined route, we learn and we develop the the abilities that we didn't have before. So see, the idea I'm trying to show us is that the restrictive and disciplined route leads to freedom. It leads to uh, the ability to do things we couldn't do before in life. And so in the same way, there's we could say there's no shortcuts in the natural world. And in the same way, there's no shortcuts in the spiritual realm. If we're going to be successful in walking with the Lord, we have to be disciplined and we have to put in the time yes the person who surrenders to the lord on their deathbed goes to heaven but for us if we're going to grow in the lord if we're going to be successful in walking that straight and narrow path we have to discipline ourselves and restrict ourselves to the things that god calls us to A business acquaintance one day shared with me, and I forget how the conversation came about. He said that God had impressed him recently that he needed to spend more time reading the Word of God. And he said he came to the realization that his his lack or his, I think he had maybe kind of backslidden in that a little, that he realized that it was affecting not only his relationship with God, it was affecting his relationship with his family, and it was affecting his relationship with other people within uh, within his business. See, he he got off the restrictive narrow path and started easing over to where things were easier, and it was having a negative effect on his life when we follow the path of least resistance, it will not lead to the good things that God has in store for us. And I hope that we can all catch a vision 
of the principle. A vision that will motivate us to stick to that narrow and disciplined way spiritually. Because we're constantly bombarded with the idea that we can relax. There's an easier way. We can have fun. We can have more fun. Not that it's wrong to have fun. But we're constantly fed the idea that we can live for the Lord and we can get over here where it's easier. You know, the idea is to live for today and not worry about the future. Not worry about what the actions of today, how they'll affect the outcome of tomorrow. And the the uh, the ones who would tell us that their goal is fun and pleasure, not the future. And I had to think how when I was probably roughly in my teens, there was it was it was when Television was firmly established. The television shows of the world was firmly established as as the norm for for most households. Videos were just coming into real popularity where you could buy or rent movies. Computers were just gaining some momentum. Video games were or becoming a, a, a thing. And music was taking a, a different turn as well. And there was, a, there was a debate going on on the national scene, maybe the world scene, of the content of these things and the effect that it would have. There were those that said that the content of violence and of immorality, etc., that was shown and promoted through these types of media, there were those that said it, it's going to have a it's going to have a serious negative influence on people that participate in this. But do you know what the majority said? The majority said, no, the people that watch and participate in these things, our children, even young children, understand clearly that this is simply something acted out. And, and they separate that. It's, it's, it's not part of their real life. It, they, they realize that this is all fictional. And it won't have any long-term effects. See, they wanted the easy path. They wanted the fun. But 30 to 35 years later, the results are almost unimaginable in where we are at today as a society. I just heard the other day, and I 
think I have this correct. I didn't go back and check it. But I think that there was somewhere around 600 uh, shootings around in, in the United States this year. That's not just one person shooting another. I'm talking about more of your mass shooting type events. Did it have an effect taking the easy route 30 to 40 years ago? It did. And you know, it's always going to have an effect if we decide to take the easy route versus the disciplined, restrictive route that Christ set forth for us. The philosopher James Allen said, there can be no progress nor achievement without sacrifice. Now he was talking, I think, about worldly progress and achievement. But it's a principle that applies to us spiritually. There can be no progress nor achievements without sacrifice. And that sacrifice is talking about giving up, getting rid of things so that we can go through that narrow gate, so that we can walk on that narrow way without being led astray. So what route are you walking today? Have you entered at the narrow gate? Are you walking that narrow and sometimes difficult path? with the realization that that path, as it goes on, it opens up into life eternal. It opens up into something glorious. Are you on the broad road with most of humanity being swept along with the masses who are refusing to put forth the effort to discipline themselves, to give up things that are spiritually detrimental or maybe you find yourself walking on that narrow way and wanting occasionally to step over and get your feet over on the broad road so you can have some pleasure and fun. That's a temptation. It's a temptation that I believe that I've in the past endeavored. Step over to where you feel like I can fit in with this group or whatever it might be. They're all places that we might find ourselves today. But today, I want us to think about the path that Jesus set out for us, what it costs us to walk that path, but the reward that we'll gain. The reward in this life and the reward in eternity. A path that opens up to blessing, into life, into eternity, are the easy road of being swept along with humanity towards total destruction, physically and spiritually. Today, the choice is ours to make. And tomorrow, the result of that choice is ours to accept. We make the choice, but we have to accept the results at some point. And as I pondered that, I had to think how that this choice, yes, in some ways it's a one-time choice, 
of deciding that, yes, I will follow the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet, how often that choice is a daily choice. Is what I'm going to do today, is what I'm going to do tomorrow when I get up, is it in line with what Christ asks for His followers who have chosen the narrow way? So let's keep making that choice to keep our feet on that restrictive path that leads to glory and blessing. And to be thankful that our Lord has given us that narrow way, that way that may be restrictive and at times may be difficult. Because therein we can find freedom from the path that leads to destruction. May God bless you as you walk His path. We have a song.